Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Facing the Giants this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, Bobby the Wonder Dog was a collie mix separated from his family while they were on summer vacation together, but more than 2,200 miles from home. The family searched everywhere for their beloved pet, but returned heartbroken without him. Six months later, toward the end of winter, a scraggly but determined Bobby showed up at their door in Silverton, Oregon. Bobby somehow made the long and dangerous trek, crossing rivers, deserts, and snow-covered mountains to find his way home to those he loved. Bobby's quest inspired books, movies, and a mural in his hometown. His devotion strikes a chord within, perhaps because God has placed an even deeper longing in their hearts. Ancient theologian Augustine described it this way, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. The same longing was desperate, yet eloquently expressed by David in a prayer as he hid from his pursuers in Judah's wilderness. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. David praised God because his love is better than life. Nothing compares with knowing him. Through Jesus, God has sought us out and made the way for us to come home to his perfect love regardless of how distant we once were. As we turn to Him, we find our heart's true home. You know the drill, folks. Father God, You are a loving God. Thank You for making the way for us to come to You through Your life, death on the cross, and resurrection. In Your Son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. We're going to be calling it Facing the Giants because I'll tell you something, you've definitely heard from this young lady in the past. She has been a candidate. She has been an 18-year tenured teacher here in the local school district, and she ran into a little bit of a problem a short while ago when it came time to make that determination. Are we going to be honoring our our Fourth Amendment and First Amendment rights, or are we going to continue to bow and kowtow to tyranny? And what we're talking tyranny, about yeah. the mask, is wearing the, mask or not the mask, face right. mask. Well, and, and it wasn't just that. I think there's a, a lot of stuff behind this. Actually, I think in the inspiration when we talked about a land with no water and water, something that is required for all life. And I think that the the water that we're talking about today is education. And if the children don't have a future, don't know how to use the water, don't know how to function properly as human beings, they're going to be facing a land with no water because they don't personally have the resources to survive. Yeah, you betcha. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the young lady that I am referring to, uh, again, you've heard from her just as recent as probably about two or three months ago as she made a run for the state legislature. Her name is Natalie Polson. And once again, she is an 18-year tenured teacher in the local school district over here. And with that said, welcome to the Right Spokane Perspective. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you bet, Natalie. You know, let's kind of deviate from the court situation here because you've definitely got some good news for the listeners out there with regard to the court and their decision. I mean, granted, you have got an uphill battle still because, you know, you've only got half of the fight that is done at this particular point. I'll let you go ahead and explain that. Well, some of that good news in the battle is going to have to be discussed in the second half, I think, because the first half is going to be taken up with the the process that you've, you've had to go through. 
Absolutely. So let's start from the beginning, please. All right. Well, way back on November 23rd, 2021, I had exhausted efforts to try and tell our Spokane school system that kids were really suffering from prolonged mask wearing. I'd gone to school boards. I'd even gone to our legislators. They had hired me to be the expert on emotional health of children. And when I started to tell them that our children were suffering, nobody wanted to listen. So I decided to exercise my First Amendment right to peaceably protest, and I took off my mask, and I was eventually terminated. So well, I was, and at that point, you're actually, isn't it modeling what they call it, which you, with children, you model activities that are healthy, and you realized, and many researchers have realized, that it was unhealthy for children to be covering their face at school, not just medically, but emotionally and physically, right? So Even learning, language learning, skills, yeah, yeah, all so, of it. So you were modeling good behavior by removing the problem. I was definitely doing that. Um, and in, in addition, nobody had ever asked the parents, where were the parent rights? Exactly. On, so, I mean, you know, as far as you're concerned, you were acting in accordance with Title 28 of the Revised Code of Washington. And it says the following, folks. It shall be the duty of all teachers to endeavor to impress on the minds of their pupils the principles of morality, truth, justice, temperance, humanity, and patriotism, to teach them to avoid idleness, profanity, and falsehood, to instruct them in the principles of free government, and to train them up to the true comprehension of the rights, duty, and dignity of American citizenship. My new favorite law. I'm so glad you read it. I wish everybody knew that that is a public education law. It is. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is is Title 28A as an apple from the Revised Code of Washington. And I'm telling you what, this particular law, the way it is written, it pretty much nails it, man. Well, it's a standing law. This is nothing new in Washington State, and it hasn't been changed because the fundamental goal of the education system is to create good, upright, knowledgeable citizens. You know, not monsters that drool in masks and don't know English. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You nailed it. Absolutely. Continue on, Natalie. So I was terminated. So I appealed that decision and that my termination was upheld in when you're, it's kind of complicated. It wasn't actually in a courtroom, but it was with a retired judge. And that's what it is outlined on what I have to go through for the process. And so we appealed it and it goes directly to the superior court if we can prove my First Amendment right was violated and they accepted it. Was this retired judge acting in the capacity as an official mediator or a court commissioner? It was more of a court commissioner. So we were in a conference room and we both presented our sides and then he came up with a ruling. So more like a form of arbitration. Yeah. Yeah, there yes. you go. So, because you're dealing with the revised code of Washington and the codes surrounding the public school district and, and employment there, right? It is. They've outlined it in law how a teacher must appeal a termination. And so that's the first step. And so you have to go through the ALJ process, the adjudication from an administrative law judge, you go from there Correct. to superior court. Because until you get a ruling, you know, from the codified side of the bureaucracy, you can't move forward to a court that will actually recognize your constitutionally protected rights. Correct. And your specialty, your training, and the position that you were hired for would have you classified as a a special educator, correct? 
Yes, I have a special ed degree and I worked with special education students along with general education students. But Mm -hmm. yes, that was my primary focus. Okay. And you recognize because of your training, your experience and common sense, if you will. Okay. Couple that with the fact that you're a mom. Okay. It's very important that you are able to be seen enunciating words so that you can clearly and concisely communicate to whomever it is that you're talking to. But you found that you could not do that as you were required to wear the face diaper. Yeah. I even asked if I could wear a clear face shield and then allow the children to wear them as well. So you're stopping what they claim is the droplets, but then we were still able to have learning and that was denied. Well, and of of course, you know, when you teach children when they're young or special needs children, you know, to blow their nose when they're done, they throw the tissue in the garbage. And in this case, they just kept wearing it on their face. That's what (laughs) the face mask became was a large all day Kleenex. Young children in mass are, it is very disgusting. They definitely, if you've never been in a school and seen children with masks, you have no idea what is breeding in there. That's right. Well, anybody that works with children knows that you put something on their face, they're not going to keep their hands off of it. So the germs that were getting spread probably spiked all throughout any public institution that had to do with children. There's just no, you know, avoiding that. I saw a lot mind. more absences and a lot more children just not there. And if they were there, they weren't present. And that was where my greatest concern was. So I had to do something. It's what present. I've always done. I advocated for students yet again. You wanted to be present there with the children and them to be present with you, not fiddling with a mask all day. Absolutely. Right and now. I have to add one thing just for the school district. So I spent years, a good chunk of my 18 years advocating for students. And they always praised me for advocating because it usually kept them out of a lawsuit. But when I decide to advocate against what I guess is their narrative, they didn't even give me a chance to explain. They just fired me. Well, and it was crazy, too, because at one point in time, the CDC and the head doctor in the country had said, don't mask children because they'll just be fiddling with it all the time on their face. So you were just following the initial guidelines from the CDC. Correct. So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about your journey here with employer, the courts, and, and what's going on. Yeah, so then in July of 2021, Nope, 2022. Let me make sure I have the right dates there. In July of 2022, we went to court and set a schedule. And so my lawyer had to submit a brief. The other lawyer had to submit one. You know, we kept up with a schedule and I was supposed to have my day in court December 2nd of 2022. Showed up that day and we were not on the docket. But interesting that myself and quite a few people who were supporting me showed up and opposing counsel wasn't there. Somehow they knew we weren't on the docket, but we didn't know we weren't on the docket. So that was interesting. Yeah. And I then would before say I, so. yeah. <laughs> that, that would, that would put me in a position where I would start thinking that the, you know, the courts, maybe the bureaucracy behind the courts is communicating with one side of a case and not the other. And that would probably contain bias somewhere in there. So that, so this didn't go through then because you guys obviously didn't have the court hearing because we did not, they we did the not, case. they didn't drop it. They said it was a court error and they would reschedule. And then before we left that day, I was told that the judge would be recusing, which means that that judge is refusing to see my case. Uh-huh. And so that same day I was assigned a second judge. And by five thirty that same day, that judge also recused themselves and we were given a third judge. So th- wow. normally normally <laughs> a, a, a judicial recusal, they will, and they don't have to, I don't think, in a recusal, but typically a judge will give a reason for a recusal as they have a family member or someone close to them, a life experience that would 
you know, give them some kind well, of bias. I mean, a basic conflict of interest here. Right, really? a conflict of interest. So, so what There's, was there any reasons for these uh, recusals no, to take the case? No reasons were given, just that they did it on their own motion. And I do not know these people. I, hmm. I would almost be interested in looking at who the judges are that are accusing themselves from this case and find out if maybe they got money from certain political entities to run for office yeah who knows man but i'll tell you something you know before we head off into the break and i'm sorry that i bring it up now a little bit later and after the fact but natalie i gotta say my respect level for you and for teachers that were of the same mindset with regard to the covid the masking yes. and those requirements uh, the fact that you know they ended up just willy-nilly biting into the narrative here you know because you teachers are with those children eight hours a day every day monday through friday and you know as far as my involvement tim you know i just went and picked the kids up at school and then babysat after school okay mm -hmm. but when i got to the school and i see those kids coming out of the classrooms and coming out of the school in general with the face mask on and how nasty that stuff was i mean even my own two grandkids that i went to the school to pick up you're taking the mask off now. Take it off now. Put it in the I don't want to see yeah. that ugly thing. Put it in the garbage, wash your hands. That is exactly car, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so we're going to take a break and we'll be back with Natalie Polson and more information having to do with suits with the public school district and the Fourth Amendment. It's a big issue, folks. We want people to advocate for our children. We want children to learn. We don't want bureaucracies to just rule the day for power. We'll be right back. To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and <clears throat> China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive-thru has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers, and in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County Cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona-controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County Cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining Mike and Tim on Facing the Giants this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, before we jump back into that interview with Natalie Polson, want to go ahead and let you folks know that we've got a invite here for the Walk for Life Northwest 7th Annual Rotary Fountain at Riverfront Park, 12 noon on Sunday, January 22nd, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be a civil rights attorney as a guest speaker by the name of Louis. 
Lewis Brown, who happens to be the executive director of Christ Medicus Foundation. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, Rotary Fountain, 12 noon, Sunday, January 26th for the seventh annual Walk for Life. Walk right. for Life. That's a, that's a big deal because uh, life is so important. And, you know, if we're fortunate enough to see the children escape the womb, but they end up in the uh, the Leviathan of the public education system. We're talking about that today with facing the giants. And, and I don't know if it's giants or if it's just a giant, Mike, because you look at county government and what's gone on, city government, state government, and they end up in lawsuits because it seems like they can never change policy and just apologize. Right. They can't just, it's like, there's nobody in the system somewhere that can say, whoa, 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 we made a mistake. Let's figure out how to correct this. So we're not getting sued so that we're not costing the taxpayers money and we're not infringing on the rights of individuals and people within our systems. And so it's really just a giant because I think there might be people in some of these bureaucracies that would love to apologize, limit liability, but nobody can muster the gumption to tell somebody in an office next door to them, hey, we probably shouldn't do this anymore and apologize and correct the policy. Yeah, you betcha. And, you know, with all of the travesty and whatnot that's been going on here with Natalie, I mean, to hear that she's had several judges recuse themselves for, and no justification given, she showed up for that initial court date well, and well, maybe wasn't told. Maybe that's how big the giant is, Mike. <laughs> it, it's so giant the judges are even afraid of it. <laughs> it could very well be. Makes you wonder. Yes, it does. Well, go ahead. Continue on, Natalie. Yeah. So we were on to Judge 3. My lawyer and I did disqualify Judge 3. And I can't really talk about our reasons while the case is open. But, you know, when this case is over, I'm happy to share why. So we, we went into break and it wasn't a very long break. And we already went from two judges that down to now three judges. How many judges do we have left? There's 12 total. So 12 total. I'm so. on to number five. Wow. So <laughs> wow. So after I disqualified, half of the field. So if, I know. if we were teaching a fifth grader without a face mask on to do the math on this one, we are one quarter of the way through the judges in Spokane County Superior Court. <laughs> that is correct. That, yeah, one quarter. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's that's three quarters, right? That, that we have left. So, <laughs> so, but so we're on judge number three. Now we're looking at judge number four. Yeah. So I was assigned judge number four a little over a month ago. And then this week found out that that judge is now recusing themselves. And so as of Thursday, I have been assigned judge number five. Oh, so we're working our way halfway through the system now. Just wonder how many judges. This is like judge bowling, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, what happens to the case if we end up getting through all of the judges and for whatever reason, they either excused or recused or excused themselves and the reasoning so that if there's no reasoning given it's interesting that well for one obviously these judges should give a reason that's that's something that that should happen judges should not step away from their duty in justice for individuals that live inside the district that they're elected because these are elected judges so i think that's embarrassing to start right out the gate it doesn't matter what the case is not many are elected Many uh-huh. of them have been appointed. Been appointed. Uh, been appointed. Just have to add that. Sorry. Th- they've been appointed, <laughs> but then they go through re-election and they Correct. just don't. They don't have any competition. Correct. And why? Do, I wonder if the competition, when they're running for office, recuses themselves, and that's just nobody files for office well, against I them. Mean, I mean, I don't know, know. You know the deal with campaigns and judges, man. I mean, you know, a lot of those judges, they won't go on the radio, they won't go on TV, they can't talk about their campaigns, their fundraising, their positions. It's almost as secret as what the FBI did on January 6th. <laughs> you know, you just, nobody will ever know. It'll be 
tucked next to a Corvette somewhere in Maryland. <laughs> I don't know. Well, at least you identified the FBI in that particular situation because we were talking about Joe Biden, man. He's leaving classified documents everywhere, even the bathroom. Right. Come on, man. Well, I, I, yeah, and I don't know if the documents having to do with local superior court cases are going to be as, uh, I don't know, hyped in the media. But I, I think this this is an interesting situation where we're, we're looking at possibly being almost halfway through the judges here in superior court. And that's that's been a problem with campaigns. We don't know who these judges are either. Mike and I interview all the candidates. We talk to lots of people in politics. And, you know, I've, I've elected judges with my vote and was very, very disappointed in doing so because the judge turned out to not be what they portrayed themselves as before their election. So moving forward, we're, so we're on judge number five. Correct. Because we're judge, are you, are we judge bowling or do you have another thing that you, you got in there? You know, right now we're at judge number five. So we judge will see five. what happens next week. It is very disheartening because I honestly do not know why these judges are recusing mm -hmm. and they're obviously not telling me. And I just have to tell you, I, I thought judges were supposed to be unbiased and impartial and they're supposed to be able to, some you know, of the most upstanding yes. citizens in the community. And somehow yeah. they are refusing to see my case. Well, I, think, I, think I don't understand to, it. I think they're supposed to be non-political. And I think what you'll find out is that recusal of judges on cases, not for reasons of personal bias, and they don't give reasons, they're political reasons, and it's because of other giants in politics. So I think that there is a, a threat there if you're a judge. So, uh, but you have some good news. I do have some good news. So you're just you're knocking down these judges left and right, but you have other good news. Well, I would like to have my day in court so we could actually move forward and I can Rex, help. at some point, the Superior Court as a body is going to be facing, well, you don't get your day in court. Where's swift justice? Yeah, I do have a right to a speedy trial and it's not very speedy at this point. So. No, right, but, not. but something did get expedited. So explain that for us. So I have a separate case that was against the school union. So SEA, Spokane Education Association. And I went to court a couple months ago and then they have time to rule. And we just found out on Friday that I won my case. That is nice. Very cool. And that case encompassed what It detail? encompassed not being represented. So Fourth Amendment right. And the court upheld the fact that the union did not represent me adequately. And they officially have a labor union violation. And they must remedy it and fix the policy and notify me of it. Well, that's right. Because you're, if you're a, a contracted employee with a labor union and you pay dues for them for, I don't know, just short of two decades, they should probably fulfill their contract with you you would think yeah, yeah. and even think in so. 2015 they are to represent all teachers regardless of paying dues and that's another aspect to it because i did pay for 17 years and i did stop paying the last year i was with spokane schools mm -hmm. okay well but it, because of the laws around union participation correct the dues that get paid have to do with bargaining but there's also a lot of union dues that go to other things like electing judges and electing other public officials and school board members and things like that. So when you're talking about the union dues, because you're in a labor contract overall as a teacher, they have to represent every single employee that's under their union. It's just like the other unions. What are the janitors under? SEIU? You know, public school, something like that? I'm not sure. So, th But they all have union contracts. They so do. if there is a labor dispute between a member and or somebody that's employed in that capacity 
and the employer, which in this case is the Spokane Public Schools or District 81. They don't want to be called that anymore for some reason. I don't know why. I don't yeah, get I it either. But, either. <laughs> but, but so that's the dispute. They have to represent you. And they did they completely fail to represent you? Just wouldn't answer your phone calls or, or how'd that go? No, they completely failed. They showed up to meetings and gave no representation. And my lawyer was not allowed to be there. And so I was on my own and I had no idea what was happening. And by the time I figured out what was happening, I was terminated. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, I, go, you were going through administrative hearings with your employer and your And their union, lawyer, and, by the way. Their lawyer was there. So their lawyer was there and your union representative did not allow you to have a union paid for attorney? No. Wow. That's amazing. I, I guess I can see why you won that one. Those are some pretty, <laughs> I, I can't believe it took this long. Oh, wow. So. Now, is there anything that you are going to be able to glean from the victory on the ULP that might be a, applicable to the face mask lawsuit at this point? I sure hope so. We're definitely going to try and present. When you're appealing something, you have to also appeal to add new information. So Mm -hmm. I hope so, because I do feel maybe if they'd done their job, maybe we wouldn't be in this place. Because I I took off my mask to advocate, hoping it would open up a conversation so that we could actually talk about what was best for kids. And unfortunately, as we all know, as we said many times, it just ended in termination. Well, and what was amazing is the time frame in which you did that you were, they say, trust the science. And you didn't do that at a time where this thing just started. Because we all, you know, we, we didn't know what this whole thing was, the coronavirus, and everyone was going to die. And so everyone was panicked. You know, we all avoided going to our elderly parents or grandparents' places. You know, we didn't want to get them sick. Everybody got tested. Everybody was just panicked about this. And then once the science started rolling out and we started learning about it and that children weren't really being affected, healthy children did not die. I mean, most healthy children didn't even get sick enough other than just uh, maybe stay home for a couple of days. Correct. And so you were trusting the science and saying, look, we already see the science. We already see studies coming out saying this is unhealthy for children and it's not necessary for children. And so they weren't even willing to have that conversation. Not at all. And I had worn my mask the previous school year when everything you're talking about. And then I'd worn it for the fall. It just got to a point to where it was affecting kids in a negative way, it was not helping them. Well, and as an education professional that's focused, I think certified with uh, what social, emotional, and behavioral health of children. Correct. So you brought this to the schools and the school district the administration, and they just flatly ignored you? Or, or they denied you any kind of uh, conversation? How'd that go? I went before the school board. I guess they listened and did not follow up at all, even with a request to follow up. I did have separate conversations with our superintendent, with some other people, and he had the conversation and nothing came from it. Wow, Mike, that kind of makes me feel like I pay a lot of taxes for public schools. What's going on in there? If they're not listening to professionals that we taxpayers are paying for to keep them safe, physically, emotionally cared for, what's actually going on in there if they're not listening to those professionals they hire? Well, I'll tell you, man, I would imagine that there are many, many children who have approached their teachers, maybe even their principals, maybe even showed up at school board meetings to testify. I know that there are many, many parents that were in the same predicament and school officials 
the principals, the school boards, they didn't listen to the they didn't listen to the parents either. But you know what they did listen to when the teachers and, and nationally we were all told, okay, everybody can tear off the masks now because they don't actually work and all this other stuff. You heard lots of videos and recordings of children screaming, and I, I think that they were so excited they probably wouldn't have a word for it. I don't know that I have a word for it right now because they they just felt like they were let out of prison. Yes, I know yes, what they listened absolutely. to. They listened to the hundred and forty-five million dollars they were given to implement COVID strategies in the public schools. And that's mm-hmm. the public. They didn't care about the health of children. And that was it just was about Spokane schools. Spokane wow. schools 145 received one hundred and forty-five million dollars. So the hundred. So they were purchased practitioners of COVID policy, and they just totally threw out their obligation to care for the children in the public schools. You know, basically, why in the heck did they put the onus to provide masks on the parents? Right. If they they're, got $145 million. Yeah, you're swimming yeah. in COVID money. Come on, man. Well, it's, you, know, you know, pencils, you know, you guys, you got to send, <laughs> you got to send that, the, uh, the nasal tissues to school every year. Pay you know, for lawyers. That list. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Pay for lawyers. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the taxpayers are going to be paying a lot of money in lawsuits, I think in the future for what they did uh, with COVID and hopefully they held on to some of, that, some of that COVID money. But unfortunately we're out of time for today, Mike. Yep. We unfortunately are. But before we uh, head on out the door, we definitely want to thank Natalie Polson for the courageousness that she has displayed here all through this particular situation uh, that she's been confronted with. And we wish you Godspeed. Godspeed yeah. uh, hopefully the fifth judge will sit down for a few minutes and hear your case next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you can follow uh, Natalie Paulson. You are on uh, Facebook, and so people can look you up and be supportive of you there. And I saw my friends of Natalie out, and we even have a give, send, go to try to help with some of the fees. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Friends of Natalie on Facebook. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you in your face again tomorrow. Bye-bye.